Turn me to Luke chapter 5. Going to read a little tough text for you this morning, but that's all right. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Verse 1. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. And he kept back part of it, part of the proceeds. His wife also being aware of it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, hmm, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart hmm, to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself. Why it remained, was it not your own? Hmm. Didn't you have all of it? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men but God. (laughs) Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. Let me translate, he died. So great fear come upon those people who heard these things. I mean, when somebody dies in the church, when they are publicly called out for lying to God, it might put your spiritual antenna up. That, that, that might be something you have to discern a little bit, I guess, huh? Verse 6. And the young men rose and wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. Verse 7. Now, it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her. Tell me whether you sold the land for this much. She said, yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together? So your your agreement is powerful in a good way or a bad way. How is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look at the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out also. And immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last breath. And the young men came in, found her dead and carried her out, burying her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all those who heard these things. Now, if you go on and look, verse 12 talks about the continuing power of the church, that they had great miracles and signs and wonders, and even people were were raised from the dead that had fallen down in the streets, and the shadows of the apostles were healing the sick. But this is a hard scripture. Now let me ask, ask your neighbor again now, because you know, when you find this out, ask your neighbor again, are you all in? 
You see, my heart is to see everyone all in. Now, now, what I want to talk to you about as we're in this series, All In, I want you to realize today that you cannot give God part and expect all. I said you cannot give God part and expect all. Now, this is a hard text. Why is this a hard text? This is a hard text because Ananias and his wife Sapphira lied. Look now, listen now. And God killed them. He said, well, preacher, that's, that's, that don't line up with John 10, 10. Satan came to still kill, destroy. Jesus said, but, Jesus said, but I come to give life and give life more abundantly. Yeah, but see, you can't build a doctrine off one incident in the Bible. What I want you to realize is, as you look at this with them, is they really did nothing in the church. They weren't really significant followers doing a lot for God in the first place. God didn't use them in some ministry or anything like that. But I want you to realize everyone that comes into your life is one of two things. They're an answer or they're a question. They bring a question to you about how you define them. Can you get along with them? Do you want to be in agreement with them? God, watch who you're in agreement with. So they're going to either, they're either going to ask a question or they're going to give an answer and be confirmation. I want to be united with them. I, I believe, yeah, that's the kind of people I need in my life. That's what I need in my life. And here we see with God, Ananias and Sapphira, they lied to the Holy Spirit. They came into agreement. They manipulated it. They planned it. And they didn't have to do it. Now, now, what's interesting about this, you know, when you think about it, it's one thing that God can convict me, right? God can challenge me. God can chastise me. But to kill me, you know, a man can't come back from a killing. Because when you're dead, you're dead. Quiet in the Holy Ghost house this morning. See, 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 there's certain things in the kingdom, I think we just take for granted and we just say so greasy gracie and loosey goosey, you know, we just, oh, it's so good. Well, you'll find out if it's good. You might even find out before you find out if you're in heaven or not. Because God is God and God is God all alone. And God did not set his spirit in this earth to align with culture. He set his spirit in this earth to set and dominate a culture and to establish his kingdom that is eternal. Hmm. You see that when Ananias died and then three hours later his wife came in and died. Now there's a couple things I wanna cover with you about this today, about being all in and when we look at this scripture. First of all, we see that makes stuff, they lied to God. And, and, and they lied to God, and when they lied to God, what happened when they lied to God, they what? Died. It doesn't mean every time you lie to God, you're gonna die. These, this couple was set to set an example for you and I that there's just certain lines you don't cross. There's just certain places you don't go as a believer. 
And they're a warning to us of what kind of agreement we come in with others and who we come into agreement with. But here's the interesting thing. They died because they lied about giving. They gave a good portion of money and died anyway because it didn't have to do with the amount of money. It had to do with the attention of their heart. So you can do a lot and give a lot, but that doesn't mean it's okay with God. It all gets back to our motive. It gets back to our intention. It gets back to our agreement and what we're in this thing for. But here's the interesting thing. They died because they lied about something that the apostles were committing to do, but God wasn't in it. What? What the apostles were doing, they were struggling and they were trying to come up with a plan to establish the kingdom of God in a new way. And what happened is they come up with this plan and they felt wholeheartedly to do it, but they committed to do a work that God wasn't in. You mean God was in building the kingdom? Yeah, but it has to do with how. Let me me unwrap that for you. You see, if it was God's plan for everybody to come and bring everything every week, if it was his plan for you to come and give all your money and then all your possessions and everything you own when you come into the kingdom to the church... That, that wouldn't be a God thing. That, that was only this one time that the apostles asked God and asked the people to do it. See, if you came and did that and everything came to the church and then the church divvied out to you and gave you what you need to live on and all that, that that's not kingdom, that's communism. We're not here to depend on one another for survival. We're here to depend on God. It's a theocracy. So God's not in communism. Every time communism has been tried, it's failed. So why would God allow communism to be established in the first church? So really, you given all your money, all your possessions, all the time, that's, that's not the point of what I'm talking about or this passage today. The, the apostles were much like you and I They were struggling to find their place in the kingdom. They were struggling to find their role in the kingdom of God. And what I want you to realize, when God gives you an opportunity, you still have to see it through the eyes of your history. That's why it's important to keep your relationship with God up. That's why it's important to stay in tune and in agreement with people that follow God wholeheartedly. That's why it's important to, to receive teaching and revelation and word from men and women of God that, that are on the right track and the right path. So that we can overcome our history. The apostles had a history that was tied to tangible expressions. They had feasts, and we still celebrate Pentecost and different feasts today, and that's fine. But you don't put that before the relationship with God. We celebrate traditions. That's fine, as long as traditions don't interrupt 
God's spirit and what God wants to do in his truth and his revelation. So we see here that all these feasts and all the things that the the disciples at this time were doing and following and trying to establish was, was based off of their history. That doesn't mean we throw all of our history away, but we realize we are the sum total today of every decision we've made. And you are also only as strong as those that you're in agreement with. Hmm. We think about it when they tried to go back, when we think about the first time the kingdom was released in the earth, right? We think back with Moses and the children of Israel and and we see that the children of Israel, what? They were in bondage for over 400 years as slaves to the Egyptian country, the nation of Egypt, right? They were in what we call Egyptian bondage. They were slaves. And then over 400 years later, God raised up a Moses and a Moses became their deliverer. He became the first pastor really of a church. He became their deliverer. And so they're going on their history. Their Moses is gone. They watched their Moses. They watched Jesus ascend to heaven. And they're still learning about this Holy Spirit thing. They're still learning about this unseen kingdom now. It's not just when God shows up in a fiery bush or when God parts the Red Sea or when God drops manna out of the sky. They were connected to the physical manifestation of God and they translated that physical manifestation into a spiritual uh, manifestation in their lives when the spirit of God was around them and would come upon them but wasn't living within them. And we see as they now have had their Moses, their Jesus ascended, they're left in leadership. They're left now to be the Moses. They're left to be the ones that establish the kingdom of God. So they're just going back on their natural history. They're going back on what they know. And they're trying to start the kingdom of God over just like God did it the first time. But I want you to realize God doesn't always do things the same way every time. God likes to do new things and he likes to do them new ways. The only thing that is about us is, are we all in? We see that the promised land that God gave to the children of Israel, say, came out of slavery, was something very tangible. It was real. It was a true promised land. You remember the story of Jericho, right? Jericho, the walls come down. That's all tangible. The giants, real, physical, tangible Stuff. So everything that the apostles are trying to establish after the resurrection of Jesus and after Pentecost and the Spirit of God coming in them and on them and baptizing them, now they're just trying to do what God's will is for their life and for the church. You see, what they really wanted was Jesus to set the kingdom up before he ascended. They wanted Jesus not to go on the cross and die. They wanted him to raise up a great government and to put him on the throne and establish a mighty military and have a great physical presence of the kingdom of God in the earth. But you see, faith is the only thing that can move now. What I want you to realize, faith is not in the past. Faith is not in the future. Hebrews 11, 1, now faith is the substance things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In 2 Corinthians, the scripture tells us that faith, what? Is in the unseen. We can see in the unseen 
what? With eyes of faith. We can hear with ears of faith. We can go into the unseen realm. So anything I'm looking at right now is past tense because it takes a split second or, or a certain amount of time for my eyes to ca catch the reflection of Tony to process Tony sitting on the front row and the image of the reflection of what my eyes see, whether it's a second or a split second, comes back, my nervous system processes it, tells me what I'm seeing in a reflection is Tony. But by the time my mind, my optic nerves receive it, my mind processes it, my nervous system assesses it, it's no longer now. It's then. The apostles were trying to establish the kingdom on then, not now. You say, yeah, but if I'm looking at someone right now and I see them, you mean that's not now? No, that's then. Why? By the time I process that I see them, it already was. So it can't be faith if I physically see Tony because he's seen. Faith is not seen. Faith is unseen. You see, they, they were trying to live on what they seen before. And they were doing their best to be all in. They were just wrong. But God blessed them anyway. God will bless us in our ignorance when we're just giving our best when we're giving her all. It's when we hide part back for ourselves and we tuck away part of our gifts for ourselves and we tuck away part of our career and our finances for ourselves and we tuck away part of our anointing and, and, and our influence for ourselves. That's what's so dangerous with social media. It's all about me and how many followers I have and how many people saw my pic and how many people retweeted my tweet. And what happens is it is a me generation. It's not just a generation, it's multiple generations in one. That's me, it's about me. And we're hiding back the pimple, now we just fix the face. And, and, and Pastor Steph, one day I was, she'll every now and take a picture of me while I'm doing coaching and teaching and we coach our leaders here and we coach other people. And, and, and I'm sitting at my table at the house and, and kitchen table and I'm just teaching online, I'm live, you know, we're teaching live, and all of a sudden she takes a pic of me. Well, I didn't realize what she was doing. I knew she was taking a pic, but a little bit later she got a new app to play with. So this new app, you can go in, man, and just change the features. You can take this belly and make it cut a six pack. You can get rid of the neck thing. You can just, ooh, she's doing all this cool stuff before she posts me. The only thing she forgot, my hands were laying on the table, so she makes me from here to hear, I mean, I look like Clark Kent, man. I just had blonde hair. That's all I look good. I was looking good. And then all of a sudden, Kat Horton texts Steph and said, uh, hey, Pastor Steph said, uh, something wrong with Pastor's hands? I said, well, what do you mean, Kat? I said, you might want to look on that thing you just posted, a picture of Pastor, Pastor Dalton. She looked, and it's like my hands were like Igor's. They were huge. It's like she fixed everything but made my hands 10 times bigger than her. I looked like a, a big old creature with hands. That, and then she said, she, what she, she took it off. Why? Because it wasn't real. See, everything you want to do is not real. And we live as Christians a distorted life many times because we partially in. We just not all in. 
So it's important that what we see now, the only way I can see truth, Jesus said the way you worship me in John 4, the only way, you can wor- only way that you can worship the Father is what? In spirit and in truth. I, I can't see with my physical eyes now. I can't hear the faith with now. Faith is a vehicle that goes in the unseen and makes it me see it, makes me hear it, makes me possess it. So that means faith is not in the future, That's hope. Faith is not in the past. That's history. Faith is now. But now is not now. It was just over. Uh, Ask your neighbor, say, you all in? I'm just laying a foundation. You'll be all right. So they wanted Jesus to set up the kingdom, but what they didn't realize, John the Baptist didn't come to preach about a kingdom that was gonna be like the kingdom of David. He came to preach a kingdom that that heaven is near. And as they were tired of being oppressed by the Romans and they were tired of being oppressed by other religious leaders, they just wanted to establish God's work in the earth. But see, what they didn't recognize, the kingdom was not meat and drink, but spirit. I mean, whether you lie or not, when you post or partially lie, it's still not that big a deal. It's not what it's all about. What it's all about is what's real. And that's what the kingdom is about. It's about what's real. So God is trying to take the children of Israel, he's trying to take now the apostles, the disciples, the kingdom in the book of Acts, the first church, and he's trying to move them out of a physical dimension into a spiritual dimension dimension. You see, because whenever you look at your problems, they're history. What do you mean? As soon as I can think about them, they're already past. What I got to do is tap into the now. The only way I can see God's truth is by his spirit. And the only way I can see his truth and spirit is through faith in the faith, which is the unseen that can go into the unseen realm and pull in what is God's now thing, truth for me. So, what's happening here is they're trying to set up a new economic system for God. Well, if God needed an economic system, he'd set it up when Jesus was here. That's not what it's about. God wasn't setting up an economical system. He was setting up a real, living, breathing, spiritual, unseen kingdom that was in them. So as we look at that and we think about how they were looking at all this physical stuff from Moses and they were looking at all that, it's kind of like, okay, we're going to go back and do what Moses did with the first church and that's how we're going to start this church in the book of Acts since our Moses has ascended to heaven. You know what you call that? You call that a Hagar moment. What's a Hagar moment? A Hagar moment's when it just doesn't seem like God did everything he promised he would do, so we improvise. And we call her handmaiden. Maybe she's the one to birth the promised child. You know, when it didn't quite work out the way you wanted it, as quick as you did, you improvised and got part of yourself in it instead of letting God be all in whatever it is he's asked you to do. We, in other words, we come up with a cover plan for God. 
I've done that a lot in my life and still occasionally do it and have to repent. And a cover plan for God. That's like, okay, Lord, you said, and it's about 70% there. I'm just going to go on and speak the rest. It's going So as we look back, what, what, what did Jesus tell us? He told us in Matthew 6, didn't he, about it? He said, seek what? First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What? And all these things will be added to you. God didn't need communism to establish the church. God didn't need people to give every possession they had all the time to start the church. Now, I've been in a situation where God said, empty my bank account before, and I've had to do it. I've been in a situation where God had everything in my pocket that I've had to do. I, I, I've had my checking account or whatever. I, I've had God say, okay, I'm gonna test you, and then he always blesses me back more. But, but I gotta know that it's God. I don't need somebody to manipulate me to do it, right? But I don't do that every Sunday. If I didn't, I'd be living in a commune somewhere because I couldn't afford or be homeless. So God didn't call us to a commune. God didn't call us to communists. What he called us to? He called us to a kingdom. And all God is asking, he's not asking for all your possessions. He's just simply asking you to put him first. Put him first with your money. Put him first with your family. Put him first in your career. Put him first in your health. Put him first in your ministry, your anointing. Put him first in your worship. Put him first in your mind. Put him first. That's what being all in is putting God first. And when we seek him first before we act on things, that's when we walk in righteousness. And when we seek him first and walk in righteousness, that's when the things we've been believing and trusting for begin to happen because he can trust us. Yeah, it's all right to clap. See, you're still alive, so you're doing good, right? You're still halfway through, you're alive, so you're doing good. So let's look at, let's go back to Acts 5 here. Say this with me. We cannot give part and expect all. One more time. We cannot give part and expect all. So Bryson, give me a little something on those drums there. Come on, give me something. I didn't ask for that. Come on, show me what you got. There you go. There you go. All right, Matt, give me something there, brother. Come on, give, give, me, give me something, Kobe. Come on, come on. Give me something, Rory. Give me something, Rory. musician, whether it be Bryson, a drummer, whether it be Matt, guitar, Kobe, Jacoby on the bass, or Roy on the piano, if a musician doesn't give themselves to their instrument, their instrument doesn't give back to them. See, if Bryson don't give himself to the drums, 
and the gift and the talent to work that talent, then the drums don't give back to him. If he gives them a little, they give him a little. If he gives them much, they give him much. It's the same way in the kingdom of God. If I don't give God a lot, I don't get a lot back. If I don't give at all, I don't get... It's the same way with your marriage. It's the same way with your marriage. If you don't give all to your marriage, you don't get all back. If you give just a little bit to your marriage, you just get a little bit back. Sir, ma'am, if you don't give all to those children, then you don't get all back. If you put little in those children, you get little back. It's the same way with your business. It's the same way with your career. If you're not all in, then you don't get an all return. It's the same way with your ministry. If you don't put all in on your ministry, you don't get all of it back. If you put a little in on ministry, you get a little back. If you put a little in on your gift and talent, you just get a little return. If you want a small return or no return at all, then just don't do much. Well, you know, preacher, I prayed and I fasted, Lord, oh, my goodness, I, you know, preacher, I come to church at least once or twice a month, and I'm, you know, when God opens up the roof of the church and signs through with a great glory cloud and the building shakes, I might even give my tithe once every year. Oh, really? And what, what's God going to do with that? He might move in your finances. He, he, he might release his presence on you occasionally. But if I want all of God in any area of my life, I gotta be all in with him. If I'm partway with God, I'm gonna get a partial return. Yeah, but I pray, I pass, I come, because I, God just ain't fair. I know I said eight. God just ain't fair. No, your problem, ma'am, your problem, sir, is God is fair. <laughs> no, you didn't hear me. Your problem is not that God's not fair. Your problem is that he is fair. Because he said, when we give, as we give, we'll receive, shake it down, Press, running over, shall he pour into us. Even giving it from other people if he has to, he's going to give you an abundance when you all in. But see, God can't do that for you or Dalton or Rory or anybody else. Why? Because God is no respecter of persons. Doesn't matter if you're a man, a woman, a child. You got to make a decision to man up. Like Chris did. You got to make a decision to man up. You got to make a decision to woman up. You got to make a decision to husband up. You got to make a decision to wife up. You got to make a decision. Well, I wish my father respected me. Well, you might need to make a decision to son up. You might need to make a decision to daughter up. You might need to make a decision to turn your heart towards theirs, and then maybe they'll turn their hearts towards you. But even if they don't, the father's heart will never turn away from you. I 
can promise you this. Any area in your life, any issue in your life, anything in your life that you don't feel you're seeing a breakthrough in, go back and check your heart. Go back and check what God said. Go back and check what God's word said. I mean, you can be the children of Israel on your way to the promised land. You see, you see, look, look, the reason the disciples, the reason the disciples thought that the way God would build the second kingdom the way he did the first kingdom, because when the children of Israel were brought out by their Moses, they took all the gold and silver. Not some of it, all of it. People think, well, you know, the Egyptian Pharaoh, he was just mad and he wanted to chase them and bring them back. No, he wanted his gold back. He could go conquer another nation and get people, but he wanted his gold back. He wanted his silver back. And the Bible says that when Moses was building the temple of God, the first temple of God, it says that he had to tell his people, no, it's too much gold. Hold it. No, it's too much silver. Quit bringing it. Stop bringing it. We can't handle, we can't handle no more gold. We can't handle no more silver. Just keep it, keep it. With, that's enough, that's enough. When in the New Testament church is it ever enough? When in the New Testament church are we gonna look and say, okay, hold back your money, hold back your time, hold back your gifts, hold back your talents, hold back your influence. Hmm. So it really wasn't that crazy for the disciples, was it, to try to do it the way it had been done before. But boy, it was crazy to trust God for what they've never seen. I want to ask you right now, bow your heads, I want to ask you right now. What area of your life you're just not getting the return you've been believing for? What area of your life? Is it your health? Well, if you're not all in on being as healthy as you can be, you're probably not getting a good return. Is it your dating relationship, your marriage relationship? Are y'all in? Is it your career, your finances? Is it the return that you're believing for multiplication from God? Well, are y'all in? Is it influence and favor? Are y'all in? You see, that's the key this morning, friends. That's the key give and it shall be given back to you good down pressed and shaken and running over from the Lord you see Ananias and Sapphira what they want they wanted a title but didn't want to work you see you can't ask God to give me ministry without, give, without him also allowing some misery to happen you can't ask to say well God give me all your strategy and not have any struggle because that's how you get strategy is overcoming struggle that's how you get strength overcoming misery that's how you get faith is overcoming problems and overcoming trials and overcoming circumstances God created you to fight God built you to fight God even said his fight what is a good fight of faith and faith is knowing and trusting God and the more you seek him first in everything first in every circumstance and situation as you seek him first you walk in his right standing his righteousness what and all these things you've been believing for begin to come toward you but it's your decision
I'm believing that this church becomes all in in our prayer life. I'm believing that this church stops tipping God and starts sowing into God in this house that you start tithing and giving beyond your tithes. Many tithes, but many more could. I'm believing that more of you come in and are part of this dream team. Like Pastor Mark said, it's growing every week when all of our team comes together that serve here and they have a 10-minute get-together rally and it's amazing. I'm believing that people get more all in on the dream team. I'm believing we're getting, we got some plans to break out into this community that's gonna blow your mind. That's so exciting how God just, God just keeps multiplying compassion ministry. I mean, we're gonna have to build a building soon. I mean, we got stuff everywhere, thousands of pounds of food every week coming in and it, Miss Kathy makes sure it goes out. We fed right at not just 100 people last year, last month, last month. We fed right at 100 families last month. Families. We fed as many people last month from this church as we got in this auditorium right right now. What, What are you saying, preacher? We're part of the way in. I don't know how long God will tolerate that. But what if we got all in? All in our loving all in on our giving, all in on our serving, all in on our family, all in with our relationship with our spouse or our children, our friends, all in with our gifts, all in with our talents, all in with our time. What would happen if we got all in?